Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times best-selling author. This is the brief with Greg Jarrett. Where's the money? That was the cocky question that a grinning Joe Biden posed when a secret FBI document surfaced in June alleging that both he and his son pocketed $10 million in bribes from Ukraine. Although the information came from a trusted agency informant with an impeccable track record, maybe Joe thought that Hunter had done such a fine job of hiding millions of dollars in foreign cash that no one would ever trace it back to them. But taunts like that have a way of coming back to bite you in the ass. By following an immense paper trail of banking records, clandestine shell companies, and more than 150 suspicious activity reports flagged by financial institutions, the House Oversight Committee has managed to locate truckloads of overseas money. Some of it made its way into Joe's fat bank account. In one transaction, Hunter received $400,000 from a Chinese energy company with close ties to the Communist Party. First, he bought a fancy Porsche for himself. Then he funneled the rest of it through several accounts before giving a percentage to his uncle, James Biden, who promptly cut a check to his brother, Joe, in the amount of $40,000. Now, notice the amount. It was exactly the 10% to the big guy that Hunter's infamous laptop memo called for. Yet that split was only a fraction of the payola that was pouring in. The Chinese company eventually coughed up $5 million, but only after Hunter fired off a WhatsApp message to Beijing threatening that he and his dad sitting next to me, would seek vengeance if the company, CEFC, didn't wire all of the promised dough immediately. The full amount arrived days later. The Oversight Committee is still trying to figure out where the rest of it eventually landed. In all, more than $24 million in foreign cash streamed into Biden-controlled accounts. It was all carefully concealed through a labyrinth of shell companies, likely meant to disguise the original sources, evade taxes, and avoid criminal corruption charges. The $40,000 check to Joe Biden, like another $200,000 check from James to Joe, notes on it that it's a loan reimbursement. Really? 
Where's the evidence of an original loan or a loan document or interest payments? Joe never revealed it as required in financial disclosure forms, nor is it identified on any tax forms. But even if it was a legitimate loan, that's largely irrelevant. The laundered money came from Chinese interest, who seemed to be buying Joe Biden's political influence, which is exactly what the Bidens were selling. That makes the president susceptible to blackmail, as committee chairman James Comer noted, and thereby jeopardizes America's national security. These discoveries put a lie to Joe Biden's repeated public claims that neither he nor his son ever received any money from China. Well, they most certainly did. Documents and testimony prove that Joe met personally with his son's Chinese partners, and only thereafter did the money flow like a river to the Bidens. IRS whistleblowers confirmed that the Bidens banked millions of dollars from corrupt foreign sources. With Hunter as the point person, they shook down Ukraine, China, Russia, Romania, and Kazakhstan. These were just some of their wealthy benefactors. Access and promises of influence were the quid pro quo. Hunter's former partner, Devin Archer, confirmed it in his testimony before Congress. The Biden brand was a cash cow that made the family immensely wealthy. Their self-enrichment schemes netted tens of millions of dollars. Exploiting a public office, such as the vice presidency, for personal financial gain by conferring promises of benefits to foreign nationals in exchange for money constitutes a variety of potential crimes, including bribery, fraud, money laundering, tax evasion, foreign lobbying crimes, as well as felonies under the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Of course, bribery is also specified as an impeachable offense under the U.S. Constitution. Naturally, the mainstream media, so dedicated to protecting the Bidens, has shown no interest whatsoever in pursuing the prodigious money trail. But Chairman Comer is undeterred. On Sunday, he told Fox News that the Biden family will be served with two dozen subpoenas in the coming days. He wants to know what pivotal role Joe Biden played in all the shady schemes. Meanwhile, the president's confederates in government have abused their positions of power to obstruct Comer's impeachment inquiry at every turn, running a well-oiled protection racket for the first family. We've been obstructed. We've been fought at every turn, not just by the Biden's big money attorneys, but also by the federal government. The IRS has obstructed. The DOJ has obstructed. The Treasury has obstructed. FBI has obstructed. And the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee have pretty much been the Biden legal defense team. As the House committee closes in on the incriminating evidence, Hunter Biden fired off a noxious editorial published in USA Today, 
embracing the mantle of victimhood. He accused Republicans in Congress and conservatives in the media of weaponizing his addiction against him. That's a load of sanctimonious and disingenuous bullshit, proclaimed the New York Post. I couldn't agree more. Let's set the record straight. Nobody is weaponizing his addiction except Hunter Biden. He's shamelessly exploiting it for gain as he tries to manufacture public sympathy. Hunter seems to think that drug addiction carries a special dispensation or exemption that somehow excuses his criminal behavior. It doesn't. Rationalizing that addiction makes him a victim that forgives all corrupt conduct is like arguing that widows and orphans should be allowed to rob banks. In his editorial, Hunter claims he accepts responsibility for his actions. But in the next breath, he shifts blame to everyone else, including Fox News and his father's own Department of Justice. In Hunter's twisted mind, truth is disinformation. No, Hunter, it's called evidence. Hunter Biden is not a victim. He's a perpetrator who's been charged criminally. If anything, he has been the beneficiary of preferential treatment and politically driven favoritism, as the IRS whistleblowers recounted in intimate detail. Anyone else would have been indicted long ago for a host of other crimes that would send them to prison for decades. But Hunter is a privileged son, with no skills except as a grifter and a con artist who sold to foreign adversaries access to his father with promises of influence, compromising our nation's interest and jeopardizing its security. And yet he whines and wallows in a sob story. To hear him tell it, he should be celebrated instead of prosecuted. Really? For what? Blowing, literally, millions of dollars in ill-gotten gains on drugs? Cavorting with prostitutes and photographing his naked self? Nobody ruined his reputation. Hunter Biden did that all on his own. At that, he was adept. Joining me now to talk about it is Seamus Bruner, who is Director of Research at the Government Accountability Institute, the GAI. He's author of two best-selling books, Compromised and Fallout. And his new book comes out next week. It's called Controlagarchs, exposing the billionaire class, their secret deals, and the globalist plot to dominate your life. And Seamus, thanks so much for being with us. I do want to talk to you about your book. It sounds fascinating. But before we do, let's talk about the Bidens. Uh, Joe Biden taunted everyone, where's the money? And, you know, when he said it, Seamus, it, it sounded to me like a guy was overconfident that all of the overseas payola that went to the Biden family was very well hidden and, you know, nobody would find it. 
Well, now the Oversight Committee has found Chinese cash that made its way into Joe Biden's bank account. What do you make of it? Yeah, that's right, Greg. It's great to be with you. When Joe said that, I mean, I I was just kind of uh, shocked, but I guess I shouldn't have been. And it's like, no, we're asking you, Joe, where's the money? Um, But yeah, I mean, it's been clear since day one, really since Peter Schweitzer and our team broke all of this in 2018, that this has never been about Hunter and all the millions that flowed to his account or James Biden and his wife, Sarah, and the millions that they got. Uh, it was clear from day one that there's just, it's no, there's no normal reason for a family, le- least of all the family of the then vice president, to have over a dozen LLCs and numbered accounts. I mean, just the sheer number of LLCs that Hunter and Jim Biden and the rest of the Bidens had set up, it was very clear that that was for moving lots of money around. And you see it throughout the Hunter Biden laptop emails. There's really no work product being done or performed. Hunter doesn't come up with some brilliant memo for his paymasters at Burisma or CEFC, the Chinese energy company. He really is just contacting them to say, when's the money arrive? And they're contacting him to say things like, you know, we need favors. And the Burisma executives actually explicitly uh, mentioned Joe Biden. So we know that this has always gone to the top. Joe Biden, the 10% to the big guy. I got to pay half my dad's bills. And the oversight committee has just done yeoman's work a very great job bringing these transfers to light. In in one of the wire transfers, and, and this one, Seamus, is, is comparatively small, $400,000 in Chinese money goes to Hunter Biden, and Joe Biden gets a cut of $40,000. Um, now, isn't that exactly the 10% split for the big guy that the infamous laptop memo outlined? And would you expect to find more distributions in the nature of 10% for the big guy to be uncovered? Yeah, that's absolutely right, Greg. The coincidences just keep stacking up here. And I've always thought 10% to the big guy was a little low. I mean, we know that Hunter said that he's been uh, having to give half his salary And so the figures we've come up with, some $31 million from just the Chinese oligarchs alone, uh, you know, we're talking millions of dollars that Joe would have had to get paid in order for Hunter's text message to be accurate. Now, it may be more, maybe less, 10%, you know, surely nothing to scoff at. I mean, $40,000, that would be the biggest scandal facing a vice president possibly in American history, at least a modern American history. No. No vice president has ever gotten $40,000 from America's largest enemy or adversary, China. So this is a massive scandal. And uh, the oversight committee is is getting closer. Um, I, I think the U.S. Constitution is pretty clear when it says that bribery is one of the crimes that demand impeachment. Yeah, you know, and they on all of these, uh, you know, cash checks. There are two of them that we know of so far, but there have to be more. From James Biden, his brother, to Joe Biden distributing his 10% cut, there's one check for 200 
$1,000. And the other one, as we mentioned earlier, $40,000. It says loan reimbursement. Uh, you know, that, I mean, I talked to, uh, you know, a former IRS guy who said, you know, that's what people who are trying to evade taxes do. They characterize something as a loan. Uh, does that begin to, to, to smell pretty foul to you too? It absolutely does, Greg. And the, the tactic of using loans as a way to move money around in Biden world, it's not unprecedented. The Chinese executives at CEFC, when asked about their millions of dollars in transfers to Hunter, and in the emails, it's actually characterized as, quote, no interest forgivable loan. Now, that sounds um, kind of technical and like some high finance talk, but just think about what a no interest, zero interest forgivable loan means. It means that we give you cash. There's no interest on it. And maybe one day, let's say if you do favors for us, we'll forgive that loan. So it appears that no interest forgivable loans are common in Biden world. And it absolutely reeks of corruption. Yeah. And and the other part of the equation is that, uh, you know, Hunter Biden's getting a million dollars a year from Ukraine for doing nothing except, you know, offering up his, his dad, the vice president. His power, his influence, his access uh, to Burisma. Um, and he he takes a large portion of the million dollars a year, puts it into an account, and then loans himself the money from that account. <laughs> so, you know, th- th- this is the Biden scam. Everything that we receive from our overseas adversaries, we're going to characterize it as a loan. And, and of course, you know, you can't loan yourself your own income. That's tax evasion. It's tax fraud. And yet what is so confounding is through all of these illegal machinations, uh, you know, Hunter Biden is yet to be charged with tax evasion and tax fraud. Yeah, well, that's that's absolutely right, Greg. I know you know that the FBI and DOJ have been absolutely derelict in their duties in investigating the Biden family. Uh, we know that there has been just cover-up after cover-up. It's really par for the course, but it's tragic. So this is not just a Joe Biden scandal. It's also a DOJ and FBI scandal. I mean, you had the prosecutor in Pittsburgh uh, thought there was enough to warrant further investigation. And the FBI field offices have thought there were, you know, the good men and women in the field offices have thought there's enough to warrant further investigation. But then the top brass at Maine Justice doesn't do anything about it at the top of the FBI. So this is a Biden scandal. It's also a Justice Department scandal. You know, the Oversight Committee uh, doing its impeachment inquiry says it's discovered more than $24 million in overseas cash wired into Biden-controlled accounts, then distributed to family members. <coughs> and obviously, it's very hard to track the distributions, especially when a complex web of shell companies are being used to funnel the money around. But coming back to something you mentioned a moment ago, I recall your book, Red-Handed, in which you and your colleague at the GAI, Peter Schweitzer, uncovered roughly $31 million to the Bidens. But, you know, Seamus, that was from China alone, right? That doesn't account for the millions from Russia, from Ukraine, from Kazakhstan, and from other countries, does it? 
No, no, that 31 million was just from China alone. Now, a large chunk of that 31 million is not being included in Comer's uh, oversight, the cover, the uh, oversight committee's calculations because they are sticking just to the bank transfers, which is the right way to do it. But 20 of that million is tied up in Bohai Harvest stock. So that was a calculation by a University of Chicago economics professor, I believe a Democrat. And he said that the Hunter Biden stake in this billion dollar private equity deal was valued at approximately $20 million. So that didn't flow through accounts, which is why it's not in the the 24 million that oversight has identified. But yeah, that 31 million we believe is a, a really a conservative estimate of just the China transfers. And then of course, bringing in the Burisma, I mean, I mean, there was estimates that that could be as high as 19. I think when the oversight committee is all said and done, we'll be north of $50 million that came from foreign corrupt oligarchs. And the biggest question here is what were they paying for? Because that's one thing the Bidens have never answered is why on earth uh, savvy, albeit corrupt oligarchs from around the world continued to pay millions of dollars to Joe Biden's family members. It was quid pro quo, wasn't it? It sure, I mean, sure looks that we're way. We're going to do you favors. And for example, the Ukraine scam seems to me to be the most obvious form of corruption. Hunter Biden was under pressure from Burisma that was paying him millions of dollars a year under pressure to get rid of the Ukrainian prosecutor who was threatening to shut down the country company, already seizing some of the chairman's assets. Joe gets on the phone to the Burisma chairman, Zeloshevsky, and then days later, magically flies to Kiev, where Joe engineers, sure enough, the firing of that very prosecutor, Victor Shokin. And then the probe just vanishes overnight. Burisma as a company is saved. <clears throat> and Joe was dumb enough to brag about his machinations on camera. I mean, that not that exactly the kind of illegal quid pro quo that constitutes uh, bribery, uh, violation of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act? Absolutely. Quid pro Joe. We give you this, Hunter, and you deliver to us, Joe. Uh, it's quid pro Joe. I think the Ukraine Burisma saga is perhaps, I mean, the national security implications of the China stories are astounding and much bigger than the Ukraine ones, in my view. But the Ukraine saga is just littered with smoking guns left and right. And so you look at the timeline, you get this email. It's on the Hunter Biden laptop. It is from uh, Vadim Pajarsky to Hunter, and it's, uh, I believe, late 2015, saying it's time for some tangible results. We'd like, you know, they had been paying for Hunter for over a year at this point, and he's been going to the Burisma, you know, events and, and showing up for photo ops with the Burisma executives. But they start to wonder, what are we paying you for? We need real favors, tangible results. Uh, and they imply that they need U.S. officials, or he, I think he ex explicitly states we need U.S. officials. They don't say Joe Biden in particular, but they sure got it, uh, that we need U.S. officials to shut down. And he says this prosecutor, Victor Shokin, is a real problem. So it's explicitly stated in black and white in the emails that Burisma wanted the prosecutor fired. 
they paid Hunter and they actually prodded him to get it done. And then Devin Archer testified in front of Congress stating that Joe Biden, they were at this um, meeting in Dubai with the Burisma principals and Zlochevsky, Pozharsky, uh, and Hunter step aside for a moment and they call up Joe and, and Devin Archer says it was a pretty long phone call. It was just a few weeks after that, that the prosecutor then gets fired. And like you said, Greg, the biggest smoking gun of all is Joe at that council on foreign relations event bragging. You're not getting the billion dollars unless you fire the prosecutor. Well, SOB, he got fired and then they uh, released the billion dollars. So, I mean, it's all there. It's a couple of quid pro quos on top of one another. First, the money to Hunter, but then the withholding of U.S. taxpayer assistance to Ukraine until the prosecutor was fired. So, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Biden's sycophants in the mainstream media, and there are many of them, they keep insisting there's no crime unless it can be shown that Joe himself received the Ukrainian cash. Um, That's not what the law says. Under the U.S. bribery statute, it is still a crime for a public official to take action that enriches another person or family member other than the public official. Clearly, Hunter Biden and other Biden family members were enriched with Ukrainian money. But let's set that aside. It is still, and I think you mentioned this earlier, it's still an impeachable offense, isn't it? Bribery is specifically identified. And when you're dealing with foreign adversaries, betraying your country's national security also begins to smack of treason, which is also identified in the Constitution as an impeachable offense. Yeah, that's exactly right, Greg. Uh, It cannot be overstated that the statutes are absolutely clear. 18 U.S.C. Section 201 says anything of value for any official action to any person. And so the thing of value is the millions of dollars to Hunter Jim that appears to have passed through. Uh, Of course, Hunter pays Joe's bills. I mean, there's there's plenty of benefits that are 100 percent proven that Joe Biden got. But it doesn't even matter if the money never hit his accounts because the any official action would be picking up the phone, flying to Kiev and getting a prosecutor fired. I mean, I've never heard of that happening before. The the vice president meddling in another country's affairs like that because his son's employer wants it done. So, yes. And then to the to the Constitution, uh, it's that. It, there aren't a whole lot of crimes that the Constitution lists as demanding impeachment. You know, there's bribery, treason, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. And they had to manufacture various, quote, uh, high crimes and misdemeanors for the Donald Trump impeachments, like uh, abuse of power, etc. But you don't have to manufacture any high crimes and misdemeanors. Bribery is perfectly spelled out right there in the Constitution. And in the statutes, 18 U.S.C. Section 201 says that if Anything of value changes hands for any official action. That's bribery. Joe Biden has long insisted that he never spoke with his son about his business dealings, uh, which is absurd. (laughs) Every parent knows exactly what their kids are doing in terms of their employment. Uh, I'm a father of two grown daughters. I talk to them about their work constantly every week. 
So I know exactly what they're doing. So I mean, that never passed the smell test. Oh, Jennifer, I have no idea what my son does for a living. Um, but he also said he never met with his son's business partners. That is a demonstrable lie, isn't it? I mean, there are photographs. There are White House logs. Uh, there's a variety of documentary evidence that Joe Biden did meet a lot with his son's both domestic and foreign partners. Yes, Greg, there is a mountain of documentary evidence. There's photographic evidence. There's video evidence. There's pictures of Joe with the Kazakh oligarchs. There's pictures with Joe and uh, Hunter's business partner, Devin. Devin testified that, I mean, Devin would, Archer would know better than perhaps anyone short of Hunter uh, what the Biden family business dealings were like. He was right there in the thick of the Burisma and the China dealings with Bohai Harvest. Uh, and he testified that Joe Biden did indeed meet with her, that they would call Joe Biden up on the phone. And he sh and Joe shows up at critical moments, like right when Burisma starts paying Hunter and Devin, Devin goes to the White House and has a visit with Joe. And so it, it appears that Joe Biden will just say whatever he needs to to evade the question. It doesn't matter how truthful or untruthful it's he is he just will say what is needed to be said to get out of the question and what he thinks uh, would make him look good. But it's coming back to bite him as, you know, each of the statements he made starting on the campaign trail in 2020 and, you know, just every time he gets asked about it since. Um, and, and just yeah. to the point of Hunter um, not talking about business, Hunter's career tracks with Joe's policy uh, uh, assignments. I mean, when Joe is in the Senate, and overseeing financial matters, Hunter is working for a bank. And then Joe becomes vice president with, uh, the, you know, the foreign policy bona fides that Obama lacked. And all of a sudden, the Biden family business goes global. And Joe gets put in charge of overseeing the Russia-Ukraine situation. Hunter gets paid by a Ukrainian oil and gas firm. Joe Biden is in charge of managing the Obama-Biden-China relationship, and all of a sudden the Chinese are paying Hunter. So there is this pattern that goes back long even before uh, Joe Biden becomes vice president of his family members being employed by entities that can benefit from Joe Biden's policy decisions. Seamus, I want to talk to you about your new book, Controligarchs. Uh, you take aim, and I congratulate you on, on the courage to do this. You take aim at Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos. I, I'm not a fan of any of them. Uh, but you also take aim at George Soros, who funneled millions and millions of dollars to get progressives elected as district attorneys who've managed to help ruin big cities by letting criminals run amok. Talk to us a bit about that. Yeah, that's right, Greg. For this for this book, it, it's really the this is the results of a two year investigation. It started when we were researching Red Handed, and we were looking into the Silicon Valley chapters, and we saw that there's just this cozy relationship between these billionaires, these left wing progressive billionaires in the United States and China, and so. You know, follow the money is our motto at the Government Accountability Institute. And we wanted to look into who is really behind Joe Biden and, you know, the rest of the progressive elite, who is funding these, you know, 
attacks on our constitution, George Soros being the biggest perpetrator of that with these, these prosecutors that he's funding that are just obliterating the rule of law. And so that one of the scary things we found about George Soros is he's now turned over his $25 billion quote unquote philanthropic empire, which is really just a dark money network for funding the politicians taking aim at the uh, at the constitution. And he's turned it over to his young son. And if Alexander Soros, George Soros's son, who is now in charge of this empire lives to the age of his father, they will be influencing elections and obliterating the rule of law in America for the next 50 years. And so, you know, if there's an America left after they're done with it. Um, so that's, you know, that's the Soros stuff. I can't get into the specific bombshells, but I'll absolutely share those with you. The publisher is saying hold off just a week more. And I'd love to come back and give you the full breakdown of everything we found. So your book comes out November 14th. We'll have to wait for some of the bombshells in that, but I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, just a behemoth in American commerce. My beef with Bezos is that, that his company has basically ripped off authors such as myself. My first book, uh, The Russia Hoax, was counterfeited uh, apparently by Chinese, no, no surprise there, and sold on Amazon. And every time I had lawyers alert uh, Amazon, they would take it down, and a month later, it would pop back up under a different Chinese, uh, you know, publisher. But it was the exact same counterfeit book. But it's not just books that Amazon sells that are counterfeit. It's a, a wide variety of merchandise. Uh, when you go after Jeff Bezos in your book, on, on what basis? Well, it's absolutely on the fact that Jeff Bezos's entire empire was built off of uh, cheap Chinese goods and the gutting of an American manufacturing and the ripping off of American intellectual property. He's made an en enormous fortune. He's one of the top five richest men in the world, over $100 billion. Uh, and that's built on making deals with America's number one enemy or adversary. Uh, so that, that's the basis there. We also get into, um, you know, I'll give some teasers here. We'll, we get into the ring doorbell and the, uh, Alexa and how are these are tools to spy on you and, uh, ultimately can, can get you canceled in some cases through information that you shared. You didn't really know you were clicking. I agree to have all of my private conversations recorded um, and then also he's, you know, some of the money that Jeff Bezos spends, uh, a lot of it, he puts $10 billion into some of these environmental things that have more sinister ambitions than the surface level would show. Yeah, it's, it's truly amazing. I can't wait till your book comes out. It's called Controligarchs, Exposing the Billionaire Class, Their Secret Deals, The Globalist Plot to Dominate Your Life. Seamus Bruner, Director of Research at the Government Accountability Institute. You and your colleague, Peter Schweitzer, do such great work, and your books are always bestsellers. I think this one, Controligarchs, will also be a bestseller. Thanks so much 
for being with us on the brief and and sharing your insights about all of this. Well, thank you, Greg, so much. It was a pleasure to be with you. And that's the brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Thanks for listening. <laughs>